Hey there, day 21 of the Online Bible Reading Club. This is Justin, and it's the Fully Live Athlete Pastor Channel. Online Bible Reading Club, day 21. We just finished Genesis yesterday, and we're going to be in Exodus 1 through 3 and Matthew 14, 1 through 21 today. All right, so let's get into it. Now, when you get into Exodus, uh, 400 years have passed. Uh, the people of God have become slaves in the land of Egypt. They got there originally because of a famine in their own land. And so Jacob took 70 people. Uh, and uh, his descendants, his 70 people, and now they have become this numerous, uh, dangerous crew. Uh, they, are, they are strong. And so Pharaoh in chapter 1, the tension is, is, is he wants to have them killed. He wants to eliminate them, and so he puts them to work. He builds these cities. And so this guy is an absolute dynamic leader, and he's got the slaves doing his uh, dirty work, and they've, they've built cities. There's been two mentioned in verse 11. That they built and all these uh, nice elaborate structures, um, backbreaking work, but that doesn't that doesn't deter them at all. They're they're strong, and so then he 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 has a, a plan to kill their their people by taking all the baby boys and slaughtering them. And he uses the midwives first. They don't follow through. They deceive Pharaoh, and so and God blesses them. They they fear God. It says in the text, and God gives them families of their own. Well, then he, then he just calls on all of his people to kill the the babies. Uh, of the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham, and that's how wicked is that? But uh, somehow, some way, God has a plan, and, and Moses is born in chapter two, and his mother hides him for quite some time, and then she is uh, smart enough to find a way to get him this beautiful baby boy before uh, Pharaoh's daughter, and she finds him in a in a little. Um, cradle in the water actually and takes him in as her own and, and his name is Moses because it says he was brought out of the water and that could be in just in the, in the Egyptian it could be boy or um, or just birthed uh, but uh, Hebrew it says here uh, drew him out of the water and out of and so is the name there so uh, uh, you know it's Moses uh, is literally the one out of and he's going to be the one who's going to bring the people out of slavery and Exodus, Genesis means beginning, but Exodus means uh, exit from. And so you've got this whole symbolism of God bringing his people out of slavery. Now, we're not liberation theology uh, people here. We don't think that the whole whole point of religion is just to alleviate stress and injustice among people in the world and just be kind and nicer. Uh, we believe that what God is doing is eliminating sin in the world. He's separating us from our sin through the atonement of His Son and through the work of the Spirit in, in eliminating the presence of sin and the guilt of sin and the power of sin over us in time and space and redemptive history. And He does that because He made a covenant. And I've covenanted with you, like I said, to, to give you these videos, to give you a review or a preview each day of the Bible reading plan uh, readings. And so if you're watching this before you read it, it's a preview. If you're watching it after for some analysis, it's a review. But I, I'm making that promise to you. And, and that's that's an example of a covenant, so to speak. Now, when God made a covenant, He cut a covenant. It's a bond in blood, sovereignly administered. So it's a, it's a promise that you can rely upon because God's faithful. He swears by Himself. And if He breaks it, then he would have to die, but he's not going to break it. He's God. So what he does is he pays for our breaking of the covenant, and that's ultimately going to be through his son. And you see that foreshadowed in all the imagery of temple and priest and tabernacle and sacrifice. Uh, 
all throughout the Old Testament. So we'll see that. Now, Moses uh, rises up, in, and much like Joseph in Egypt, in, in a position of sort of relative power, uh, but then he gets in trouble due to this murder of a, uh, a man who was beating up one of his own people. So he gets into um, Midian and he has to flee. Uh, and so he's in this area. He finds a wife named Zipporah, gave birth to a son. <coughs> and then it says again, you got the covenant again. God heard the groaning of the people and he remembered his covenant. Now this is the idea. The covenant began, uh, the, the, whole, the whole point of the Bible you got all these names in there. The names are significant because they are remembered by God. God, because of His covenant, remembers the names of the people. And, and the, the people who are reading us need to go back and look and say, their names are in there. God's promises are good. The covenant is the central theme of the Bible. God's covenant. And so you see it in chapter 1, chapter 2, and also in chapter 3. How does Moses? How is Moses encouraged by God? That, that God will be able to accomplish these things? Well, the covenant. This is the answer. So Moses meets God at the burning bush in chapter 3 at Horeb. And it's, it's a, it's a, it means desolate or wilderness. It's, it's, also, it's the mountain of God. And that's, that's, the, that's the big payoff that he's going to present to the people who are slaves in Egypt. How do they know or what's the incentive, what's the silver lining that they're going to get when they do get out of slavery, because it's pretty good in Egypt, you know, that when they, once they get out, they're going to be like, man, it was it was pretty good being back there because we had uh, all these good things. Well, what's the what's the what's the uh, the go-to promise here? Is that you get to go where I met God, and you get to meet God, and you get to be with God. God's going to be your God, and you're going to be His people. See, uh, Gerhardus Voss in a sermon I, I read recently, uh, he was a, a early 1900s professor at Princeton. Reformed theologian like myself, and he mentions uh, that you know, he asked the question in one of his sermons, "What's the paradise of paradise?" Because you think about paradise being the the ultimate reality of when we uh, get to dwell with God uh, without sin in the new creation. And what's the paradise of paradise? What's the best place? In other words, within the best place, and that is exactly where God is. God is the paradise in the paradise. You want to be where he is. And that's what he says. You're going to go we're going to go to Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai and you're going to meet God. This is the answer. So the covenant God says, I'm going to take you out of slavery and bring you and I am going to be um, your God and you're going to be my people. The answer is the covenant. This is why it's significant. This is why the the story of redemption is, is unfolding uh, is the covenant, which is ultimately Genesis 3:15. Um, Got, got, well, Genesis 12, but if you look back at Abraham, this is all about Abraham. God had promised to Abraham he's going to make this, this come to fruition, make him a people, the blessing of the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed through him. And that, that came originally because he made a promise to the serpent that he would be crushed by one of the descendants of Eve. And that's going to ultimately be Jesus. So here's the situation. We've got the setup of the book. It's all about Exodus. God's bringing the people out of sin and into freedom. Okay, now you turn over to the New Testament. We'll briefly touch on this. Is you've got two, uh, two things here. One, the serpent strikes back uh, at, at God's people. The prophet, John the Baptist, is beheaded through the wicked Herod and his schemes. And this is the this singular theme throughout Scripture is there's a, there's a covenant and there's, there's a war between the, uh, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And see the serpent strikes at the, at the heel 
of the seed of the woman. And this is John the Baptist. He is beheaded here uh, through the through the just the wickedness of this family who are in power. But what's the deal here? You see the true king of the world here in the next verses. Uh, as you look at verse uh, 13 and following, this is that famous miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And what's awesome about this is when we get to Jesus, he gives them, he doesn't just show them this miracle, but he lets them participate in it. Uh, he says, uh, what do you guys got? Well, we got these two, five loaves and two fish. He says, bring them to me. And he, he directed the people to sit down on the grass, take the five loaves and two fish, look at the heaven. He gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to the disciples. He gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The numbers of those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. How about that? He let the disciples participate in this work. And what do you participate in today? You participate in the work of angels, praising God, serving Him. You serve the living and true God, the covenant Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And He gives you opportunity. And He is the bread, and we get to distribute that bread. Uh, to all the nations. Well, God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed day 21. Tune in next time for day 22. We'll be looking at uh, the second part of Exodus and some more Matthew. God bless.